Hello, this is Super Informed Radio, the official Unisuper podcast. I'm Lyndon, and this is our monthly investment market podcast. With me is economist and investment manager from our investment team, David Colosimo, to give you the lowdown on last month and look ahead to July. David, hello and welcome to our first podcast of the new financial year. Hi, Lyndon. Good to see you. You too. Uh, looking back on the financial year that's just ended, I mean, yes, we had inflation and rate hikes and concerns about recession and war and so on. But in terms of returns, it didn't turn out too badly for Australian investors, did it? Yeah, it actually turned out to be quite a good year for returns. Um, if you're including dividends, uh, Australian shares were up nearly 15% over the last 12 months uh, and US shares by nearly 20%. Uh, now, bond returns were a bit more modest, um, but even they were still positive, uh, about 1% for the year. So a positive year, and it ended on a positive note, uh, US shares were pretty strong in June, weren't they? Yeah, that's right, Lyndon. So US shares were up 6.5% in June. Um, that's actually the fourth consecutive month of gains there. And Now, you were telling me earlier, David, that this month is a bit different though, is that right? Yeah, definitely. So in the last couple of months podcasts, a lot of the talk has been about the seven mega cap growth stocks in the US, um, the likes of Apple, Amazon, Google, NVIDIA. Now as a group, they actually rose by more than 50% in the first five months of 2023, um, while the rest of the market was actually flat. So the earlier gains were very narrow, but June was a bit different because the strength was more broad based. Now in the index that marks the 500 biggest US companies, all of the 11 major sectors were higher in June and so were more than 80% of the individual companies. And are there any companies in particular that stand out, David? Yeah, the, the leaders were the more cyclical sectors this month, like industrials, consumer discretionary uh, and materials. So they all enjoyed double digit returns. Uh, I think consumer discretionary is an interesting sector because it's dominated by Amazon and Tesla, which uh, is, as we said before, considered those mega cap names. Now, they were quite positive in the month of June. But when you look behind that, even the more old economy names like General Motors and Ford were up 19 and 26% respectively. Um, the home improvement retailer, Home Depot, was also up about 10%. Now, in the other direction, the shares that were down, those stories were very much company specific. So computer chip maker Micron, uh, who have had their products banned in China, they were down 7.5% in the month. Uh, and then some packaged food companies like Kraft Heinz and General Mills, they were each down more than 7% uh, as their decision to pass on price increases is actually starting to impact their volumes. So what's driving this more positive sentiment, David? Well, there's been a lot of discussion about recession risks in the US economy for more than a year now, and I've been as guilty of it as anyone else. But it just hasn't eventuated at this point. And there's this growing feeling that maybe the US economy can withstand the rate hikes that we've seen over the past 16 months. The market just seems less worried about whether a recession is imminent. And what about you, David? Are you worried yourself? Well, the US economy's definitely been more resilient to rate hikes than I would have expected. Um, but inflation's actually also been a lot stickier which means that we may still see further rate hikes yet. Now, until inflation's under control, I think it's too early to assume that the US will avoid recession. And what about the Australian market, David? 
Well, the Australian market was a bit more subdued in June, uh, up just 1.5%. It was also more mixed. So while the banks and resource sectors were higher, there were a few more pockets of weakness. Um, And a good example there is Australia's largest healthcare company, CSL. It's also actually Australia's third biggest company in the market. That was down 9.5% in June after they talked down next year's earnings in a trading update. Aside from that, I think the key watch point here in Australia is going to be the profit warnings that are coming from a number of goods retailers. Harvey Norman and Best and Less are two examples of companies that provided updates pointing to a slump in earnings based on their current sales trends. In the case of Best and Less, this is actually the second time they downgraded expectations in the space of a month. Now, we could take that as a sign that the Australian consumer is starting to crack after all those rate hikes. But goods retailers did very well in the pandemic, and it could just be that consumers are now switching their spending back to services. Now, we hear a lot about goods retailing because it's dominated by big listed companies. But when we're talking about consumer services, they're mainly small businesses, and so they're really underrepresented in the stock market. So, David, you mentioned the RBA earlier. And like like a lot of other central banks, they've stepped up their hiking again in the past two months, haven't they? Yeah, that's right. Uh, The RBA delivered rate hikes at the last two meetings, and on both occasions, the majority of the market actually expected them to hold rates steady. Now, a few months ago, it seemed like the RBA had moved to a very softly, softly approach to rate hikes. They were hoping to bring inflation under control without hitting the economy too hard. But it's becoming very clear that the RBA are losing their patience with how long it's taking for inflation to fall. We had weak productivity growth, a solid increase in award wages from the Fair Work Commission and rising house prices in the last couple of months. And I think all of those have combined to convince the RBA that they still needed to keep hiking. I think the RBA Deputy Governor, Michelle Bullock, gave actually quite a telling speech a few weeks ago. Now, she suggested the RBA needs to drive the unemployment rate up by about 1% to get inflation under control. So a few uh, prominent economic forecasters are now openly talking about a recession in Australia as their base case. Now, I think this loss of central bank patience is a theme that we've seen elsewhere as well. Uh, The Bank of Canada, for example, have also started hiking again after a previous rate pause. And the Bank of England actually hiked half a percent at their last meeting. And there's speculation that rates may need to hit 6% in the UK. And what about China, David? It's on a bit of a different path, isn't it? Yeah. So the rest of the world is battling inflation with rate hikes, uh, but the economic rebound in China actually continues to disappoint and inflation actually remains quite modest there. So China's central bank has actually been cutting rates this month. And finally, David, I just wanted to ask about some of the developments that we've seen in Russia with that short-lived coup. What are your thoughts there as regards kind of markets and things? Well, I don't profess to be a geopolitical expert by any stretch, Lyndon, Um, but as surprising and as significant as this open challenge to President Putin's rule was, it's not clear to me that the failed mutiny has weakened his grip on power. Even less clear is the impact on the ongoing invasion of Ukraine. While there has been some commentary that this may help end the bloodshed there, it's actually possible that President Putin escalates further as he becomes more desperate to push for victory. Now, from a market's perspective, the key focus here is on the oil and gas markets and specifically whether there's any changes in supply that have price impacts. And we haven't seen much evident there yet. 
All right, David, what are you looking forward to in July? Well, Australian Treasurer Jim Chalmers is due to announce his decision on the next Governor of the Reserve Bank this month. Uh, The initial seven-year term of the current Governor, Phil Lowe, expires on September 17th. And while previous Governors received extensions to their initial terms, this actually seems less likely this time around, given the public's perception of the RBA. There are a number of other possible candidates being suggested. Um, That includes the current Deputy Governor, Michelle Bullock, uh, and a number of senior Treasury and Finance public servants as well. So it remains to be seen if a new Governor marks a significant change in direction from the current one. Also in the US, we've got second quarter reporting season, which begins around the middle of July. Uh, At the moment, earnings are expected to fall, but we'll actually have more to say about that next month. And from a geopolitical perspective, there's a NATO Leaders Summit on July 11th and 12th. All right. And central banks, David, what's going on with them? So the RBA have their meeting on July 4. That may actually already have happened when many are hearing this. But as I've said before, the RBA seem more intent on clamping down on inflation now. But they still might take the time to assess the impact of those last two rate hikes before they move again. At this stage, the market is actually about 50-50 between a hike and no change. Elsewhere, the US Federal Reserve, the European Central Bank and the Bank of Japan all have their meetings on consecutive days at the very end of July. Now, there's actually the potential for a small change to the bond yield target in Japan. Um, Up until now, the Bank of Japan have been holding bond yields artificially low. And there's still a lot to happen in the next few weeks. But at this stage, it looks like rate hikes in both the US and Europe. Very good. All right. Well, David, as always, thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you next month. Thanks, Lyndon. See you then. That wraps up this episode. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, A quick reminder that in a few weeks' time, our Chief Investment Officer, John Pearce, is going to be releasing his next quarterly investment update video. So do look out for that one on our website. Don't miss out on future episodes of this podcast. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts or check unisuper.com.au forward slash podcasts at the start of each month. And we can't forget to plug the Unisuper app. Get downloading if you're a Unisuper member. You can check your balance, manage your investments and insurance and all sorts of things. So head to your app store of choice and get downloading today. We are Unisuper, the place where bright minds and passionate people strive to think great and create a future worth retiring for. If you want more information about our investments, visit unisuper.com.au. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. This podcast is of a general nature. It doesn't take into account your personal financial situation, needs or objectives. And we recommend you seek financial advice before making any decisions about your super. Also, remember to consider the product disclosure statement and target market determination that's relevant to you. They are available on our website. The past performance of any investment options that we discuss in the podcast isn't indicative of their future performance, and it's worth noting that just by talking about certain companies, we're not endorsing them for you to include in your personal portfolio.